Just tell us what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world famous Smoking and Toasting. Welcome to show number 312. That's 312. That brings us halfway to 333. Very excited to be halfway along. That's uh, that's really cool. I actually looked at it on the calendar, Ian, but assuming that we don't wind up you know, doing something that causes us to skip a show, it's going to be like in July that we do show number 333. Well, we won't get frostbite. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we may have to do it in swimwear, though, right. is what I'm thinking. So oh, I got my Speedos ready. Yeah. I'm good. Our guest for today's show, them. we're very excited. Bill Chenault is joining us. He is with Waterford Irish Whiskey, and we have a lot uh, to talk about and a lot to taste with Waterford, so we're psyched over that. But, Bill, you, you haven't even like really been on the show for more than a minute, right. and you're already invited back because... On show number 333, which will take place in July. It's going to be epic. We're inviting everyone who's ever been a guest on the show to come all at once. This now, is a small room. Yeah, though, not right? every, we, that's why we'll do it on location. <laughs> okay. uh, not everyone will be able to be there, so it's not like we're going to have you know 312 different guests. Uh, but we'll have a lot, and everybody brings bottles and cigars and cans. And uh, the we, we did this for the 100th show. And <laughs> it went on for almost four hours. Sign me up. So yeah, it was it, <laughs> it was, was a great a <laughs> great deal of fun. So we're looking forward to that. So uh, so anyway, you're already invited back, and uh, and we haven't even tasted the whiskey yet. So that's pretty good, right? <laughs> that's pretty good. You know, you're getting a good uh, a good reception here on smoking right on. and toasting. Uh, so welcome to the show. We have a lot to talk about today. Uh, not just Waterford Irish whiskey in the studio, but we'll be doing some beer tasting as well from uh, right up the road from us in Humble, Texas. Uh, in Genius Brewing Company has uh, something they call the Riddle. It's a Smarty Sour. That place is awesome. Yeah, so they're they're just so creative. We could we could have honestly we could have a different beer of theirs on every week and never uh, yeah, <laughs> never, never repeat. To repeat. Yeah, uh, they're so good like that. Uh, from Spetzel Brewing and Garrison Brothers, uh, Shiner's Brewers Pride Barrel Aged Doppelbach. Oh. On the program today, and then we'll also be uh, trying something called Gumball Head. It's a hazy pale ale uh, from uh, out of Indiana. And it's so, called Gumball. Gumball. Head. Head, you wonder yeah. where they get their names sometimes. Well, I think there's so much going on in the world of craft beer now, and they're having to get so creative with the cans and the design. And, like, and, right, and just two pick two pieces of paper out. Yeah, that's right. What we're exactly. Call this beer. <laughs> I think that's exactly right. <laughs> Can I say exactly. something? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you go so. to the TTB uh, <clears throat> website, which gives you a cola registry of all names mm-hmm. for beverage alcohol. Um, and you punch in the most uh, obscure name that you can think of. Yeah. Ninety-five percent of the time, it's taken. Yeah, and, somebody's and done it. Oh man, somebody has cricket saddleback whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet you. <laughs> I imagine that's true. Well, that's that's very. It should be very interesting to. Uh, I made up uh, my own see. word, and it's still taken. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you know, Google was actually a word before Google was a search engine. In fact, there was a 
uh, 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 some kind of a flavored peanut butter. It was like a peanut butter with jelly in it or something that was advertised when I was a kid. And it was called Kugel, not Kugel like the the Jewish, you know, uh, 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 dish, but Kugel, K-O-O-G-L-E. And they had a character, you know, kind of like the the Kool-Aid character, but it was a jar of peanut butter. And it, it was peanutty. I remember the commercial from when I was a kid. Huh. It was peanutty Google with the goo goo googly eyes. So at least the word Google well, yeah, existed yeah, Google, there. Google's been a word. Yeah. It, yeah. You don't have to. But I think that didn't his daughter decide that's what uh, to name it was Google? She Oh, maybe so. I, she don't, decided, I think I don't there's know a story, the story about yeah. that where he didn't have a name for it and she decided. I don't know. And if he asked story. her and she said Google. And that's what <laughs> she was like, okay, that's what it is. Some of these naming stories. That's, the, that's what I understand. I'm, well, and, look how we struggle. That's not how it happened. That's way cooler than probably almost anything well, I'll come up with. Look how we struggled to name <clears> this show. It was originally called Sip, Smoke, and Savor. That's right. And then there's apparently some outfit in California that does chocolate-covered strawberries that they they sent us the lamest cease and desist ever. It was a message on Facebook. Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah. I remember getting right. that. Yeah. You were the oh, one that got it. was yeah. condescending. Yeah. Oh. It's nice that you guys have hobbies. Yeah. That's how it started. Right. But we're but we're a business. <laughs> and we have chocolate-covered strawberries. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so we talked to our lawyer, and he, you know, he... Just said, look, just just come up with another name. So Ian, thankfully, came up with smoking and toasting, which I like better anyway. But the it. problem is, it's not easy coming up with a name these nope, days because everything's taken. But now you know? it's part of the vernacular in our language. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, it totally is. Yeah. It totally is. So anyway, speaking of speaking of things that are a little bit <clears throat> annoying, I want to I want to address something real quick before we get into our cigars. Uh, do, we, today. do we need uh, some? background music for this. It, it maybe soft maybe soften it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what's happening, but I can uh, underscore so, it a little bit. So the point that I want to make is something that we talk about a lot here on the show, which is that one of the reasons we enjoy doing this, cigars, spirits, craft beer, is because these are things that when you get together with someone else who appreciates them, the differences that you have as people become far less important. You can see a, a you know a, a Democrat right next to a Republican, both enjoying cigars and both enjoying each other's company. Those things kind of melt away, right? When when you're you know just enjoying a great craft beer with someone, it doesn't really matter what they think about you know which team they're picking for the Super Bowl. Oh. Damn it, I owe the NFL money again. Um, which team they're picking to win the big game, and if they're your, you know, your hated rivals, it, that stuff matters less and less. So something happened recently at Southern Star Brewing in Conroe, up the street from us. And they've been taking a lot of heat for this. And I just want to say, if you're one of the people giving them heat, stop. What happened was there was a freedom of speech rally that had booked their brewery as a place to uh, hold a rally. Freedom of speech rally sounds like something everybody could agree on, right? But as it turns out, they had booked a very uh, very divisive individual for this, Kyle Rittenhouse, who actually was acquitted, but he actually killed, supposedly in self-defense, a couple of people at a, uh, at a rally, at a Black Lives Matter rally. And as such, he became a pretty divisive figure. There's people who think, Hey, uh, he did. He had every right to do what he did. There's people who feel like he went too far and should not have done what he did, and that it was motivated by uh, hate speech or whatever. The point I'm want to make is not to take a side on that. I do have a side. I feel pretty strongly about it, but that's not 
what we do on this show. We talk about the things that bring us together. And Southern Star, when they found out about this, and they found out because they were contacted by local businesses that were concerned that it could potentially be something that could turn into a problem with people protesting or possible violence. Southern Star did absolutely the right thing, and they said, we don't want to be a part of something this divisive. They didn't take a side. They didn't say he was good, he was bad. They didn't say it was a good thing or a bad thing to have the rally. They just said, you know what? That's not what we do. We make beer. Right. We make beer. We don't take sides in political arguments. We don't try to be the arbiter of what's right and wrong, what's good and bad. And they took a lot of heat for basically saying, you guys can go and do this, but we just don't want you to do it here. And they're a private business. They're, it's not a government facility. They're a private business. They can decide to do, to hold or not hold anything that they want to. And all they were saying was, they weren't saying anything about a side on the issue. They were simply saying, we just want to make beer. Not on my yard. Right, not on my yard. We just want to make beer. And so I want to say to you that if you, if you feel like they should have taken a stand, you're wrong. They shouldn't have. This is not now. If they had decided to, that would be their right, and it would be totally fine for them to do that. But they don't have to, and they don't have to agree with you, and they don't have to agree with the other guy. They simply want to make beer, and that's that's what I think we should take away from and that. that. Owner so was let's, very transparent and absolutely. honest about you know where he was coming from. Absolutely, yeah. Let's, uh, Let's let's talk about who put who in what situation. If you book a rally there, mm-hmm. you know your rally is divisive, and you know there's problems around there. You wouldn't disclose that at the beginning of your booking, right? Right. right. You would so think. who put him in that situation? It the, wasn't him that put him in that right, situation. Right. He's doing a business. He's doing what he wants to do. If you book, and, and don't get me wrong, those people know that what they're doing is going to create some heat. Sure. Okay. Absolutely. And, and so why should, dis- why didn't should Southern Star that? have to take that heat? It's well, they didn't that, disclose that, that at yeah. all to Southern Star. They didn't right. tell them, hey, just I want to tell you this is this is something, you know, right. uh, now, or if they anything dis- about it. If they disclosed it and Southern and so Star said, For those of you blaming it, Southern different. Star, well, that's like me coming onto your front uh, porch and doing whatever I want to do because you said I could be there. Right. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm coming on your front porch, shoot guns, whatever it is you're against. You know, I can just come on your porch and do it. You said I could be there. And then you're going to get upset when I show up and do it or when you find out what I'm going to do. That doesn't make any sense. Right, like, right. Uh, So, like, to be upset at Southern Star about that, I think, is putting the cart before the horse a bit and going, OK, well, who put who in that situation? Right. I, I just I, I love what he said. He said, we just want to make beer. You know, we want to make beer and we want people to enjoy our beer. That's what that's all we want to do. We don't want to get involved in politics. And I'm not saying that it would be wrong if they did. I'm just I, saying that that's I'm gonna what be honest. I love about this whole thing is the community of it. I've had a conversation with my brother about this as well. Um I generally don't go to places that post their politics, like businesses that post their politics, I agree. whether they're on my side or not. I agree. Because generally speaking, if I want to go by uh <laughs> If I want to go buy toothpaste, I don't need to know who you're voting for. Right. That's exactly right. You know, yeah. if I want to stop and get gas, I don't care what your you political leanings are. You just need the gas that are. works in your truck. Yes. You know? And, like, and I don't want to deal with that. And so... Uh, Ian drives a truck, by the way. I wasn't making some sort of a, <laughs> right. a sideways comment there. Nothing against trucks, he, I hope. Yeah, yeah. Well, he has a very nice truck. He's given me a ride in it before. Uh, but uh, uh, but the, the bottom line is, like, I just... 
like when you start posting your political, and that's you're right, you can do that. Like I'm not right. telling you by yeah. any means not to. It wouldn't have been wrong if Southern Star had <clears throat> taken a side. That's their right to do. That's it's fine. Their they absolutely business. can. But yeah. it's also their right to not take a side and not exactly. be a political entity. Because guess what? As soon as they let that happen, then all of a sudden they become that political entity right. because they supported it. Right. Whether just, they do or not. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that that becomes the problem is the perception from no matter which angle like at this point, no matter which angle, there's gonna be people saying, Well, you should have stood up for them or you should never have booked them in the first place, or you should have blah blah blah. You know, like the truth is, you know, if they didn't have enough information when they booked it, it's not their fault. Right. Right. You know? Exactly. And and listen, um I I I wondered at first if, if I even wanted to talk about this on the show. Because I don't want us to take a side either. You know what I mean? I just want us to talk about what what brings us together and that's this yeah. uh you know this cool uh this cool hobby that we have according to the people with the uh it's strawberry. It's nice to have a the, hobby. It's nice to have a hobby. And ours is getting together with people we like and enjoying drinks together and uh maybe the occasional cigar. Speaking of which, by the way, you have an opportunity to smoke anything interesting this week, my friend? It's funny you should ask. Okay. I usually do, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know why it's funny. It's funny every week because every time you tell a joke, it gets funnier. That, <laughs> I, that's why I couldn't agree more. By the way, my wife does not agree does with not that at all, so uh, but I do. Yes. <laughs> so uh, I stopped at Casa this, uh, this morning on the way here to the show and um, perused the humidor and found mm -hmm. something new, something that just came out that I hadn't seen um, recently. I found a punch spring roll. Oh, I've heard about this cigar. So the Punch Spring Roll, they put out a, a, a cigar every year for the Chinese New Year. Mm -hmm. And instead of, you know, giving it a Chinese Zodiac or some other thing like that, they actually name it some kind of food. Some kind of food, yeah. And so this is the Spring Roll. Nice. It's a, a Petite, uh, petite Robusto uh, 5.5 by 50. If you look up the uh, container it comes in, it comes in a little... Uh, like like you get the uh, like, fried rice. Oh yeah, that's great. One of those little like boxes. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, this has a this is pretty small. Five point five by fifty. Uh, they call it a takeout size. Mm -hmm. um, the wrapper is an Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper. Uses a USA broadleaf binder and filler from Dominican, Colombia, and Mexico. Um, <clears throat> the appearance milk chocolate. Uh, milk, ugh, I can't talk. Milk chocolate brown wrapper, uh, smooth, oily, with some small veins through it. Red and white label. The red and white label is awesome. It's got uh, some Chinese caricature on it. And nice. I don't know what it says, but um, neither do most people who've gotten those caricatures <laughs> on their body <laughs> right. as a tattoo. They have no idea what it says. And uh, and uh, it has a shaggy foot to it, which ah, is, is pretty always, cool. Always kind of fun. Yeah. Uh, the uh, pre-light sniff on this fermented hay, mocha, earth, some leather on it. Um, the pre-light draw, I used a punch on this, had a medium draw. It was medium almost to the point where I was going to open it up with a clip, but I left it. Mm. And it smoked fine. Yeah, Just okay. FYI. Okay. The, uh, I, the punch had a medium draw, um, got earthy, sweet um, uh, uh, flavors, leather and mocha, and some coffee on the lips. You know, that that, that, mm -hmm. that, that wrapper left that kind of lingering coffee taste on my lips the initial light on this tangy leather fresh cut hay and some cayenne retro hail is woody and pepper the uh, first third of this woody and sweet mocha and coffee loads of leather touch of clove kiss of spice going on in the background uh the retro hail on the uh, first third is woody and black pepper solid ash perfect burn nice 
The uh, second third of this, this is going by fast because this is only five and a half inches long. Mm-hmm, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. The second third of this, uh, spice picks up flavor. Uh, pick, uh, spice picks up flavor profile shifts to uh, leather and earth up front, followed by pepper and mocha. Wood and coffee are still present as well. Retro hail is leather and wood. Uh, solid ash, perfect burn. The last third of this, uh, peeling the wrapper off left me with a fun surprise. A fortune cookie style message on the back of the label. You can see it in the picture right here. Okay, yeah. Uh, and it said, uh, you were smart enough to buy this cigar. You don't need luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's good. I really like that. I thought that, that was, really was clever. It was pretty funny. Um, so uh, let's see. Cayenne ramps up at the back of the palate along with fresh cut. Hey, leather and earth are still prominent, followed by wood and powdered sugar sweetness going on that uh, popped up in there somewhere. Um, wood. Oh, see, I said wood twice. Uh, coffee and mocha weave throughout. Retro hail is sweet mocha and wood. Solid ash, perfect burn. Nice. Punch. They're not a brand I always buy cigars from. Agreed. And the only reason is not because their cigars are bad or anything, but they're just everywhere. Right. And, and right. so I kind of look for new stuff. Kind of ubiquitous, like yeah. And so I, 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 I fall behind a little bit on them because of that, because I really do like punches. Like, yeah. Not getting them, but you know what I mean. Well, I mean, you know, you, you sure work that out. My favorite punch cigar is the Knuckle Buster. That's a yeah, that's, that's a, a nice really one. good cigar. So uh, this cigar costs six dollars. Mm-hmm. I give it a solid seven. Oh, dude, one hundred percent. It's a couple it weeks in a row great. you've given big ratings. It was a great cigar, and well, it was a great uh, like forty-five minute cigar. I think their last or one of their last food named uh, cigars was the Pita. And that was one thing, like a piece of pita bread. Right. And that was one that I really enjoyed. I don't know whether they still make that or whether they move on they, to the I egg roll. I think they only and, make so many boxes yeah, and they yeah. move on. But mm-hmm. I will tell you, I will be going back to buy nice. and maybe even split a box of these with somebody. Nice. These are these are really fun. I love it. Well, I had an interesting one this week. I smoked the San Cristobal Elegancia Imperial. Oh, nice. The San Cristobal line is a true meeting of cigar royalty the garcias as in don pepin and uh jaime uh they blend and manufacture this brand for the levin family or the levine family who own the ashton brand as well as la aroma de cuba nice uh most of the smokes in the san cristobal line are big and bold but they decided to blend a milder one and they called it the elegancia it's an attempt by the two families to Create a lighter-bodied smoke that's does that, still... Does that bring it down to medium, or still is it big actually on, lower I mean, than that? Exactly. <laughs> well, I'll get to that, because um, they wanted to make a lighter-bodied smoke, but one that still was big on flavor. Uh, the wrapper of the 6x52 Elegancia uh, is an Ecuadorian-grown Connecticut shade leaf, and it is a beautiful light brown color and almost flawless, which you can see right here, uh, with very few bumps and visible seams. Uh, the pre-light sniff gave me notes of hay and white pepper with a nice mellow nuttiness on the Cold draw. I decided it looked too delicious to wait any longer, so I lit her up so I'd get my tasting notes started. Cedar and spice showed up right off the bat, enough to leave a little white pepper tang on my tongue, but certainly not a Nicaraguan pepper blast. Uh, it was a, there was also a creamy coffee note. And toasted bread that kind of sashayed their way into the flavor profile. Sashayed, uh, yeah, even. as the first right. third burned. Uh, construction was absolutely solid, and the elegancia gave off a, a nice quantity of thick smoke. Okay, I, I want to pause you there. How long did it tell you to? How long did it take you to figure out how to spell sachet? 
I don't know that I did spell it right. Okay. These are my no, notes, and only I'm reading them. So I know what it's supposed to be, and beyond that, I have absolutely no idea. But it doesn't have a little red line under it in my— uh, So it spells something. Spell, yeah, right. I spelled something. I don't know if it was sashayed or something about a sash that you wear uh, for graduation uh, ceremonies, but one or the other. As I uh, crossed into the uh, second third, the creaminess shifted from the coffee note to more one of butter. So this butter now combines with the breadiness to give me a sense of buttered toast, uh, which is really kind of cool. Pepper wasn't strong, but it still danced on my tongue a little bit, particularly after the finish. Retrohale was cedar and citrus zest. The wrapper cracked a little bit during the second third, but... Overall, it gave me no headaches as the cigar continued to burn. I thought I'd watch it and see what it did. And sure uh-huh. enough, it just burned right past it just the crack. Right past it yeah, so nice. it was not a, not a problem at all. Nothing changed about the way the draw uh, happened or anything like that. You find this sometimes on Connecticut Shade wrappers because right. the, the tobacco leaf is thinner than yep. some others. And so it can have a tendency just from the heat to crack a little bit. As long as it doesn't disintegrate and you can still you know, keep on smoking. Yeah, as long yeah. as it smokes. It's... Exactly. Yeah. Uh, by the final third, I'd become more and more impressed with the San Cristobal Elegancia. I'm a medium to full cigar guy. That's kind of my sweet spot in terms of strength. And I often find that mellower cigars just don't have as much flavor. You know, not only are they not as strong, but they don't have as much flavor often. However, that was not the case with the Elegancia. The Nicaraguan tobacco and the binder and filler kept the flavor cranked up, even as the smooth creaminess kept the strength from ramping it up. Zero harshness. Zero. Uh, Cedar was the dominant note in the last third, although I still got pepper and that buttery creaminess. Overall, a very enjoyable flavor profile. The San Cristobal Elegancia is Imperial, is a, which is basically a, a large Toro. Uh, it's about an $8 cigar, right in my kind of standard mm-hmm. price range. Uh, and it was really really good. I don't smoke a lot of milder cigars, but to my particular palate, this one was really better than most. Uh, uh, And the flavor profile stayed interesting. It never developed that vegetal note that sometimes milder cigars I've experienced uh, drives me crazy about some of the lighter bodied cigars. Uh, Construction was flawless except for that small crack, which I said corrected itself without a relight, didn't cause any problems. So not only am I going to recommend the Elegancia Imperial, uh, but it's actually, gonna, I think, going to become my go-to for my humidor for a lighter-bodied nice. cigar uh, because the ones I have now, I they, they kind of are my sort of standard if I have a Connecticut wrapper uh, cigar just in case I'm looking for that or want to give it to somebody you know, it's, that's over, that doesn't want a fuller-bodied cigar. I thought this was, was better. So uh, if you're getting bored with the lighter-bodied six that you usually smoke, but you don't want to get punched in the face by a heavier cigar, I would strongly encourage you uh, to try this one. Uh, at, at $8, I'll give it, on uh, price to quality, a solid six. Nice. So our price to quality is a 1 to 10 scale, but a 5 means you got what you paid for. So rank, rate something a six, it means it kind of punched above its weight class a little bit. Love it. To use the punch analogy. Uh, <laughs> right. again. So so in, in our next segment, we're going to start doing a little whiskey tasting. And Bill, uh, I, I also want to find out a little bit more about you because I know you've been in the spirits uh, industry for a while. And then I think you kind of stepped away from it and you came back to do this. Is that right? Yeah, I started uh, selling wine in uh, yeah. 1979. Okay. Uh, before I drank wine, you in were born. No. <laughs> After yeah, you were yeah, well, born. Well, thanks a lot. I think I've just been insulted. Uh, <laughs> just so you know, in '79, I was yeah. 
uh, six years old. So yeah. I started with Gallo and moved across the country with them and have been a distributor um, in, in Texas that's mm -hmm. no longer in business. Um, the old quality beverage company that mm -hmm. uh, morphed into yep. Southern and Republic now. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm a wine guy. Mm -hmm. And and when we get into the whiskey, I'll explain why that is important. Um, Good. I'm a wine guy by training. I retired a year and a half ago. And uh, now you're in. I don't know if you can see the quote unquote, but the, the <laughs> yeah. close quotes. But um, sometimes you can hear the air quotes. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like a whoosh whoosh yeah. sound. Yeah. I, I uh, was not able to get away from it. Well, and, and I'm yeah. very interested uh, to taste the spirit it was that brought you kind of back right into on, this man. world. Try to get cool. out. They I, keep I, dragging me back. It's very cool. That's right. right. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna take a break. We will be back to uh, talk about that. Do a little whiskey tasting. Plus, uh, it's also gonna be beer tasting time and i'm really excited about trying this beer from ingenious the riddle a smarty sour we'll be right back at smoking and toasting Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Show number 312 with our uh, special guest, Bill Chenault, with uh, Waterford Irish Whiskey. By the way, uh, big thanks to our special guest uh, last week, Blake Niederhofer Blake was, was so here. Uh, he is the head brewer at Lone Pint Brewery, one of my absolute favorite breweries i love their beers and he was just so fun to hang out with <laughs> he was, yeah I, he was a blast just, just, just had an absolute blast with him so thank you uh blake and make sure you make it for number 333 we're halfway there mm -hmm. so uh i also wanted to mention ian i did not tease uh drinking news uh but today's uh drinking news is going to be um another episode of drinking escapades we've done several of those that's where we have the real short little clips of Stuff that people have right, done right. while they're under the influence. So, uh, drinking news will uh, be coming up a little later on in the show. And uh, you can go ahead and give me a little teaser headline music, even though it's not really a teaser headline. Yeah, it's just uh, it's just another episode of drinking escapades. Fun enough, fun enough. By the way, I, I forgot to tell you this: the next beer that we're going to try, we're going to try the um, Ingenious Brewing Company a Smarty Sour called the Riddle. But I didn't really tell you enough about the Gumball Head. Uh, and it's because for some reason things moved around on my uh, on my notes, and I I didn't have it at the time. But Gumball Head is an American wheat pale ale from Three Floyds Brewing from uh, from Indiana, from Munster, Indiana. And Three Floyds a pretty legendary yeah, brewery. Three Floyds pretty so, legendary. Yeah. So looking forward to, looking forward to that, and looking forward to <clears throat> uh, Waterford Irish whiskey as well. And uh, Bill Chenault is here with us uh, from Waterford. So it was. Somehow, this was what sort of dragged you uh, back into the uh, to the spirits business, huh? In a way, I, I when I retired, uh, the company that I was working for, the winery out of California, asked me to kind of hang around, mm -hmm. ten ninety nine ninety nine employee in Texas, right. and just kind of help them out with Texas because we have a lot of business here that sure, sure. I have relationships with, um, and and they may be putting out new products that yeah. they need help in getting so, launched or whatever, right? So then, when folks uh, found out that I had retired, I got calls uh, left and right from different suppliers wanting to uh, get the Texas thing going, mm. and because you know it's not my knowledge, it's not my. Uh, uh, well, it would be my knowledge, but it's more my my relationships. The people that you that the people I have that you know with in, the trade in the and sure. the distributors. Sure, so. sure, and that's important because 
that's how you get shelf space is, is those kind of relationships. Right? Absolutely. So um, with, uh, with, with being careful about how much my wife would allow me to work, <laughs> I have been very selective, right. uh, very discriminating on what I'm uh, going to do. And mm-hmm. this was um, irrefutably the most uh, interesting project put in front of me. That's awesome. So other than some of the wine brands I've had over years, this is the only spirit that I'm representing. Interesting. Um, yeah. So it's been a it's been a wild ride, and I've only been doing it for four months, but mm-hmm. I've learned a lot since then. Awesome. And we can talk about that. Well, so what was it about this particular brand that that uh, struck your interest? So when they were looking for a sales person uh, to start building their uh, their United States team. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, one of the criteria was to have some um, some wine background, and the reason for that is this is a whiskey. Oddly enough, because to my knowledge, there's no other whiskey in the business that approaches it this way. It is terroir focused. Now I noticed it because I was on the the website for yes. for Waterford, and I noticed there was a, an awful lot of talk about terroir, which we. We hear, of course, a lot with wine, hear it to some degree with tobacco, with uh, cigar tobacco, Mm -hmm. but you don't hear it as much with whiskey. You do hear more about like the water, like the limestone water uh, and and things like that, but you don't hear as much about terroir. And and, uh, so what is it about Waterford that makes the terroir uh, part of it so important? So it's all about the barley. Um. In Ireland, the rule is that it, uh, its whiskey must be 100% barley. Mm-hmm. Uh, there can be a, no other cereal grain in, in the bottle. Okay. Unlike a lot, most other most regions of the across yeah, right. the world mm-hmm. uh, can allow, you know, corn or rye, uh, et cetera, to be inside uh, the bottle. That's not true with, uh, with Waterford. So if I may go back in history... Uh, not far back, but uh, the owner of the company and his investment team originally owned uh, Brook Lattich. Okay. In the on the island of Isle, mm-hmm. Isla in uh, Scotland, and this dude, pretty well known yes, brand, yeah, yeah. right? And 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 bought, I might say, because this is the end of his financial story, bought in like 2013. By Pernod Ricard mm-hmm. for fifty euro, fifty million euro. So he made some money. The dude's name is uh, Mark Rainier. Uh, he's third generation wine purveyor in London, England. He's been written up in Whiskey Magazine like six times in the last four months since I've been around doing this. <laughs> very, very knowledgeable guy. Had a distiller uh, when he was owning uh, and had renovated totally the Brooklatich Company. Uh, or distillery in um, Scotland, his distiller said, bar none, uh, the best barley in the world, he believes, is Irish barley. So he had it in the back of his mind when he got uh, this, this he, he made the sale to Pernod, uh, Ricard, that he would go then into the Irish whiskey uh, realm and um, and use this barley that and use the yeah. barley from Ireland and most of the barley in Ireland um, and I was able to go. I just returned. My wife and I just returned uh, four weeks ago. It was a it was a hoot, uh, and that's a whole nother segment. But we <laughs> uh, but the um, 
Uh, most of the uh, barley in Ireland is from the center to the southeast uh, quadrant, if you will. And it, um, it has different uh, terroir uh, mm-hmm. factors applied to it. And his, so Mark's idea was if, 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 if in Napa Valley, if uh, Cabernet that's grown on the western side of Atlas Peak tastes different than Cabernet grown on the either the bench or on the eastern side of Atlas mm-hmm. Peak tastes different because mm-hmm. of ter- the terroir, why wouldn't that same effect uh, play be, out with the barley? Uh, of the, uh, uh, apparent in barley. So they hired this guy from, um, anyway, long story short, he bought a, uh, a, a brewery that was in Waterford, Ireland in it was built in 1795. I studied this before I walked oh, in, wow. the, in the parking lot. Uh, 1795. Uh, it was run and, and making uh, a beer by Guinness, actually. So, as, as you probably know, a, a brewery converting to a distillery is not that big a deal. Right. All, all it requires is the still. It kind of it kind of starts off the same way. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right on. So um, he found this this uh, brewery that was available. He's totally renovated. It's a beautiful facility. So in 2015, the was the first harvest of the barley. Uh, 2016, uh, 17 was the first um, distillation of the barley. And it's uh, all zeroed in on identifying all the way to the consumer the, 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 the whiskey that's in this bottle. They know exactly which farm so, it came from. I'm looking, at the, uh, I'm looking at the back of this bottle, and it says, To discover the whiskey's remarkable provenance, uh, enter the terroir code on the, uh, waterfordwhiskey.com. And then you have a, a code here. Like, for instance, this right. one is uh, ORO1E. 01 01. Now, let me ask is that that's for each uh, batch of whiskey that comes out? That would be the 01 refers to um, 1 1, which is year one first uh, distillation. So that Mm. refers to the O. So every bottle of organic Gaia will have that same code. This bottle of whiskey has a different code, as does this one, as does this one. But that one expression has a, a, a very about a five-page document that tells you everything you want to know so about if, this if whiskey. So if you want to know your whiskey, you, you just go on to the uh, website, and you put this code in, and it tells you everything about it, like the whole history of it's, it. Uh, the history it's of it, the it's terroir, friggin' the, incredible, all the way to from, the from family history bottle, pretty much. of the Dunmore Farm. That's owned by, I forget the dude's name. We met him, um, Dunway or something like that, but it refers to his family. And then it goes back in history as to how that farm was uh, built and established back in the 1700s. How incredibly cool. It really is cool. And you know what would make it even cooler is if while we're hearing about it, we were actually sipping some of the whiskey. (laughs) You like the way I think? <laughs> I think that's uh, exactly I right. Rushed, I rushed out for a second at the beginning of the segment so I could get some uh, Glen Karen glasses, which yep, is yep. ultimately this much classier than drinking from plastic sure, cups. Sure, sure. I don't mind drinking from plastic cups. It's uh, you know it, that is still more elegant than the red solo cup. So at least we haven't gone uh, all the way. You know, all the way. You know what I'm saying? So this is done. Right, this so, is done more. One point one. So this so is what this we call is, a single farm origin. Okay, so, so that means that all the, all the barley used in this came from one farm. All the barley is from one farm. Mm-hmm. And um, they, 
they have a uh, – <clears throat> after it goes through the drying process, when the truck pulls in to the uh, lot at the – what they call the cathedral, which is a huge uh, two-football field-long uh, storage facility. It looks like a horse barn with stalls. Each stall has identified – the farm from which that barley came. So, and that's how they pull, they know, um, they keep track of the, uh, with a database, extensive database, that farms barley all the way through the uh, malting process, all the way through the distillation process, all the way through the uh, a barrel uh, wood process into the bottle. Mm. And um, no other whiskey that I that I'm aware of is doing it this way. They hired a guy from Oregon State who's a biochemist or whatever the the, the uh, academia term is. Uh, a to, smart dude is what I like call him. Yeah. A guy a lot smarter than me. He, he gets all science um, on it and stuff. Did the analysis that certainly the the uh, genomes, the uh, the the the, uh, the aromas, the tastes are in fact different depending on where that grain came from wow very interesting yeah. it has um in tell me if it's spicier than i expected yes. from the nose that's I, for I sure agree. i agree with that and tell me if this resonates with you it strikes me as a taste somewhere in between what i would associate with a scottish single malt mm. and a more standard irish whiskey it feels like it's in that middle ground it's, somewhere between those two yeah, it's, it's really interesting because the nose you got this sweetness, and mm -hmm. and I associate that with that sweetness right there is very much to me. Irish whiskey always has that sweet, um, grainy kind of mm -hmm. uh, uh, nose to it. Grain might not be the right word, but uh, but it always has a bit of that, and there's a little uh, underlying uh, sugary kind of smell, mm -hmm. and that's separate from sweetness. If that makes any sense, too. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. There's a slight sugary smell to it, but not in a bad way. And then. And then uh, almost a, uh, like a, a bready nose to it, like a like a brown bread kind of thing mm -hmm, going on. Mm -hmm. And then I take a sip, and it's this incredible spicy like flavor explosion yes. that I did not expect from the nose at all. I'm not going to profess that I have a, a, a terrific palate, but to me, which which I I don't think I do have a great palate, but to me it's. Um, it's the tannins of a citrus. Uh, it, to me, it's a, a, a like a, an apple, uh, a freshly cut green apple, not a red apple, uh, are, are things that I, I pick up. So it's interesting thing. because I hear you coming at this, which makes total sense. Yeah, the way that a wine guy would come <laughs> yeah. at at this, and to, right, you know, you're you're feeling. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, things that are that are maybe more whiskey background things, and you come at it after your career basically in the in the wine business mm -hmm. tasting it like a wine lover would taste it i can almost rice, see it's rice, pulling, pulling the fruit flavors out and and yep. so on it's like uh, when you mentioned the green apple it's like like on the last third of the palate there and it's it's like the mm -hmm. like like the peel almost like right next to the skin kind right. of so i'll, I'll point out something about the, com there, though. the comment that you made about uh the single malt scotch mm -hmm. notice that there is no e in whiskey. Right. <laughs> right. So when I went to work for uh, – or started selling Waterford, I said, oh, they've made a huge 
a typical error on, <laughs> on the label. I said, what are they going to do? But no, this is what uh, Mark Rainier and the, uh, the, uh, the board wanted. They wanted it to uh, be associated more with that single malt scotch slant. So the... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know the thing is, like Americans spell it with an e, right. and everyone else doesn't. Whiskey, <laughs> That's kinda, right. well, Jameson, uh, the, all of them, uh, Bushmill, they spell it with an e. Also, oh, do they? I never yes. noticed. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. I so. never noticed. So it's only Scotland. Really, mostly, yes. mostly just Scotland. Uh, but, uh, but, and and Waterford. So and Waterford. <laughs> nice. So there you go. It's very interesting. Um, it's it's really good. I love that. There's a there's this round bready mm -hmm. almost a beer bread kind of sweetness that this leaves on the palate right and then there's a crispy you said citrus fruit there's a crispy citrus kind of zing mm -hmm. that's just kind of left over too that uh that lingers for a while right. and kind of right. makes your mouth water and want a little bit more yeah so it. i'll point out the dunmore uh on the map and there's a map on that terroir code uh part uh on the website that shows exactly where the farm is located. It is definitely central Ireland. It is um, it is uh, soil that has been um, it, it's gravelly soil. It has uh, little to no irrigation, uh, and these things are the things that they talk about in that terroir notes that you'll find on that code. The next one we're going to taste Rathclaw is a farm that is much closer to the ocean. So this mm. is named after the farm. Yes, it's named after right. the farm. There, uh, the dude's names that own the farm are slight deriva derivations of that farm name, but it's not necessarily his last right, name. Right, right, right. Okay. But, but it's, it's the, the name of the name farm. Of the farm, yeah. Correct. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right, so we're going to taste that one in the next segment oh, okay. because when we go in, in this segment, before we end up this segment, uh, we want to taste, and this is going to be a hard left turn, Ian. I don't know how this is going to work. <laughs> yeah, compared to what we just <laughs> yeah, had. Like, right. I'm, uh, to go to a, a smarty sour uh, a beer, but you know what? We're, I like how you said we're you know, Usually we start on the lighter side, but you're bringing in an almost 7% um, beer, uh, sour ale with pomegranate, watermelon, would, strawberry, and sea salt. I would just point out this can be your kind of a day for the beers. So look forward to that. Uh, we got, we got a couple of big ones here, but no, this is going to be very interesting. And I think, you know, it's been a moment since I took that last sip of the Waterford. So, uh, so we'll see how the palate adjusts, but, uh, yeah, this could be a this could be a, a train wreck of a segment. I have here. a feeling that the Waterford and the sour is not going to. Yeah. Yeah, they're not going to enjoy each other's company yeah, in my but, palate. But very that's much. okay. That's why we do the sour first, and then it's out Thank of the you. way, and we'll have the uh, rest of the rest of the whiskeys to taste. This so. is pouring a little bit on the uh, foamy side, so some of if you want more ingenious. By the way, uh, those guys, ingenious brewing, they are exactly as their name suggests. They uh, are. Absolute... Are, you, are you familiar with this brewery at all? I am. I've been twice. Oh, it's so I great. I live up uh, that way. Oh, so you live right yeah, up? Yeah, okay. It's right on Old Humble Road, right? Right. right? It's, yeah. it's a great place. Uh, Absolutely. And they're so creative, so inventive with their beers, and we need them back on the show again. <laughs> I love the one you have a sour ale. There's that, that sour funk to it that just Yes. So this is a smarty sour. Are you sour. a fan okay. of sour beers? I love sours. I love sours a lot more than anything. Hoppy kind of real hoppy things turn me okay, off, but so, I love sours. So let me tell you about this beer. First of all, <laughs> holy cow! First of all, any uh, any remaining trace that I had in my on my palate of the whiskey is now completely blown out. That's the first thing. <laughs> disappeared. Right? It's disappeared. Yeah, uh, but the second thing is, 
I didn't know exactly why they were calling it. It's called the riddle, but they describe it as a smarty sour. And I didn't know why they were doing that until the finish. And the finish is like I just ate one of the little Smarties at Halloween. It also leaves a bit of a WTF above my yes, head. Yes, it does, which is bubble. kind of kind of looks like it could belong on the can uh, art, too. So it says, uh, mm. live beer, keep cold, drink fresh, real fruit, separation is natural, roll before opening. I didn't do that. I should have probably read the directions. I don't usually read the directions on beer before I drink it, though. Mm -hmm. I usually one of those, like... I'll read the directions if something goes wrong, you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Have you noticed um, that IKEA? They were the first to figure that out. Their directions are all they're just drawings. Pictures, yes. They're just pictures. That was and like the last, the last Barbie house I yeah. put together at Christmas. Was, I didn't read the directions. Either. <laughs> hey, why is there a garage on the second floor anyway? <laughs> yeah. uh, riddle me this. Riddle me that. Who's afraid of a beer with all that? It uh, it takes it's. Uh, Oh, all it takes is fruit and a little focused violence in the brewing process. <laughs> We're up for the challenge. Are you 6.8% alcohol by volume? Oh my goodness. Brewed in Cannon, yeah. Humble, Texas. Yeah, it's 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 good, but uh don't don't necessarily schedule it for the same time you're having. Uh, I would drink some a pint. Good Irish whiskey. I would drink a pint of this. I, you know, so here's the thing. I didn't think that it went that bad with it. I think that it buried the whiskey pretty It's quickly. what it did. It's what it did. It now, obliterated it. We didn't drink it back to back. No, and, and I don't nor think we do should. I think that that's a good idea. <laughs> I don't think we should. We'll wait until the next segment to go back to whiskey anyway. What so. does this vinegar do with this milk? <laughs> but um <it's laughs> Exactly. Right. But but you know what? Um it's actually kind of tasty it's, it's really actually pretty tasty and mm -hmm. this is something where like this this is something i might walk into the brewery and go you know what i'll have a cup of that yeah. or a glass because i usually do it in a tulip right 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 um and that would be enough for me and then i'd move on to something else but it's actually quite delightful yeah well it's been say. too long since we've had a sour on the show do so not I, smoke a cigar with it either no no absolutely not, not some well. things are not meant to be <laughs> uh like, like scotch and mayonnaise like, buddy. Like more cowbell not meant to be no, not drunk so much while that. you're smoking a cigar. Uh, all right, tell you what we're going to do. We can take a break. We will come back. We have a short segment next, but we'll make sure it's long enough to taste this next whiskey. Our uh, guest is Bill Chinaldi. He's with Waterford uh, Irish Whiskey, and we'll be back to taste more of it and try out more of the terroir, as it were. Uh, coming up next is Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Our guest in the studio today is Bill Chenault with Waterford Irish Whiskey. And, Bill, I want to make sure I'm understanding this right. Basically, these whiskeys that, that you brought for us to try today, the only real difference between them in terms of how they're put together is the terroir of the ground where the barley was grown. Am I... Is that right or am I missing anything? Basically, that's correct. Other okay. than the, the barrel program, uh, they're, they're using four different barrels. They're using uh, New American. They're using First, first uh, Use first. American. And we actually know on that terroir code if it's from uh, where it's from, right. either Jack Daniels or uh, Diageo. or mm -hmm. It's actually mm -hmm. labeled. Then they use... Um, the French uh, uh, oak, which is uh, used French oak, and then they use, uh, of course, the Madeira uh, port 
uh, share mm-hmm. reports, right. but there are different percentages of uh, those barrels and how they're used based on the different expression. Right. So other than the barrel aging itself and which of the barrels uh, that it rests in, the only other difference is the terroir of the uh, of the barley. Is that right? Yeah, and then I'm sure, and I don't know for a fact, but I'm sure the distillation process, uh, their words are low and slow, low temp. And slow distillation. So you're mm. talking anywhere from, you know, 38 to 58 hours of, of, of distillation. That would vary also. But the terroir code will tell you what that variance is. The so Irish cool. are just more patient than we are. It's just <laughs> what it boils down to, you know? Well, as long as they got something to drink while they're making. Well, exactly. <laughs> that is. But see, but that's see, that, true. That's a, but that's, a, that's a cultural difference. See, here in the U.S., we're all about fast. As we, you know, instant gratification, fast food, fast uh, checkout, drive up ATMs, you know, whatever it is. Like, we're all about fast, fast, fast. Uh, not every country's like that, you know. Uh, and Ireland, yeah, as long as they've got a drink in one hand, they're content to wait a little while. And I don't blame them. So this is Rathclaw, and uh, the difference in location is, as I mentioned, Dunmore is more in the interior. Rathclaw, you can actually, from the farm, you can see uh, the ocean from um, from That's the farm. Cool. That's very And cool. the breezes and all that jazz that we associate, like at least in the wine business, mm-hmm. making a difference in how the fruit uh, comes through. Uh, is apparent in, mm-hmm. in, in this. And the question about the owner versus the farm, I, I, I forgot. On the back of each bottle is the owner's name. So Rathclaw is owned by Richard Raftice. Hmm. Dunmore is owned by a gentleman by the name of John Tynan. Okay. Uh, so it's the name of the farm. Mm-hmm. What are you getting on the nose, Ian? You know, so there's a similarity on yeah. the nose. There's a similarity to the sweetness that I uh, that I got on the first one. This this one has a little bit of a lighter, um, lighter kind of smell to it. If you ask me, I'm not sure how to describe that lighter smell. So. Now this one, to me, if you had if you had handed it to me sight unseen, and told me it was a single malt scotch, I would have believed you. <laughs> you know. Uh, it it does it has more of the characteristics of that to my palate than than what I would associate with a typical Irish. Whiskey. This one has uh, I think I know what I was smelling there. This one has a minerality to it that the mm-hmm. other one mm-hmm. did not have. It's got the same. That, I think that's one of the reasons it makes me think because a, a lot of the you know a lot of the Scottish uh, single malts have that minerality. Yeah, I mean, or, or kind of salt water kind mm-hmm. of uh, when it's near the coast kind of thing. This has some of that some of that into in it and i think that's what i was getting on the nose as well it has a similar spiciness so you can kind of tell they come from the same place but but a different finish overall as yeah, well the finish is definitely different so this this one instead of that citrusy thing i get almost more of a uh like a strawberry fruit kind of or a like a little bit of that kind of bitter um like a kiwi thing I can tell you when I had um, dinner with the master distiller, uh, Ian, that made, made, made this, this product, he was talking to me about mincemeat pie. And I said, great. I can't remember the last time I had mm-hmm. mincemeat yeah, pie. I, I have nothing to compare it to. But, 
that's what he said he gets. He gets a lot of herbaceous, kind of sweet, herbaceous, uh, I guess the toasty crust kind of things coming on from that pie. But just wanted to pass that It's on. really good. Yeah. It's really good. In fact, it has a very um, uh, almost as, like after after the finish, you, you feel like this is a pretty sophisticated uh, whiskey. It doesn't seem like it's your everyday. This seems, seems like a, a what what is the uh, retail on a bottle of that? So these guys right here are 80 bucks. Okay. This guy is uh, 90. Mm -hmm. And then the Arcadian series that we can talk about is going to be 110 to 120. So really, these are all relatively close in price. They uh, are. It's, it's, not they like, are. it's not like they jump $50, $70 an expression as you go right. up. So that Rathclaw has a little woodier finish. Yes, to it, it as absolutely well. does. Woodier and more minerality. Yeah. For sure. Well, it's good. It's very good. All right. This is a short segment, so we're going to uh, take a break. We'll come right back. A uh, couple of things to talk about, including uh, 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 one of your, uh, I wouldn't even call him a rival, but a, a, another whiskey, Fireball, mm. in big trouble. We'll tell you what's happening with them Class coming up. Lawsuit. Yep. Uh, oh, I think I saw Yeah. That. We'll uh, be right back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back at Smoking and Toasting. We are all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. And speaking of craft beer, I got to get the craft beer that we got to do in this segment. So stand by, Ian, sing or something. I don't know what. This is my moment to shine. That's right. Go for what it, should man. I say? I have nothing. No. Uh, all right. All right I'm back. Oh, man. I was just getting warm. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm back. Um, speaking of getting warm, that Cruz, he's holding me back. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that my any voice or my audio that, voice? That's, that's your any voice. You said <laughs> you said the quiet part out loud oh, <laughs> so, again. Uh, so, you know, one of the things I love about the uh, spirits <coughs> business is I love the tiny spirits bottles, like the airplane ones, and oh, you yeah. can now buy them for almost anything you want. Yeah, at the at your favorite spirit store, right? They got just at the specs that I go to, they have. Like bins of bins it. of it, yeah, all all over the place. And I love buying those little bottles and 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 getting them on the airplane and sitting in my seat and pretending that I am the giant colossal man. And these are regular size. I stole that joke from Jake Johansson. Anyway, um, if you buy the little <laughs> bottles of Fireball, though, you know the cinnamon whiskey. Right. Guess what? They're not whiskey. And this is the source of a big class action lawsuit the stuff that you get in the little bottles of fireball is not the same stuff that comes from the liquor store and fireball cinnamon whiskey the spicy hot booze sold in liquor stores is the drink most people are probably familiar with but fireball cinnamon which is available at grocery stores gas stations and other places that are not permitted to sell liquor uh is something else it is uh a malt beverage flavored to taste like whiskey and it's sold in small bottles that usually go for 99 cents so sazerac who owns fireball has uh now become the recipient of a class action lawsuit people suing over their whiskey yeah yeah exactly so i just thought that was interesting you know the label misleads consumers now, they say into it... believing it contains distilled spirits which it does not but so. here's another thing too because the uh the, the fireball whiskey is still under 40 proof, isn't it? I thought it was like 30. I think it is just a little under 40. Yeah, right? 38 is like not quite a liqueur, but it was a little under. And then the Fireball Cinnamon is something like 
29 or 30 percent only it's, so it's actually even lower percentage i know it's popular but it's kind of like training wheels whiskey and you know so this is because we live in a state where <clears throat> uh we, we live in a state where you can't buy liquor at a convenience store so when you see that there you have to be suspect so i remember looking at it and then going okay the abv must be different and remembering and when I looked at it, the ABV on it's pretty low. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and also yeah. it's a malt beverage, so it's like, so because like the uh, the little uh, bar downstairs in my building, the Market Bar MKT, um, they have a really really great beer selection. They have some very nice wines. They also make cocktails, but because of the fact they only have a beer and wine license, their cocktails are all wine based. Right. And so, uh, and it doesn't mean they're not good, but you're not you're not getting actual spirits, you know. It's funny to me because at Specs you can find Cuervo post mix uh, margarita yeah. mix right. that's made of tequila. Made of tequila. Made with tequila. Yeah. But then you go to uh, the grocery store uh -huh. and you find Jose Cuervo margarita mix, which is a orange wine right, right. base where that's yeah. where they get the alcohol. So the same class action suit should have been applied to them as well, it seems to me, and, and it might actually that right. could that could totally happen. Right. I think the idea behind either this that one, or it's going to scare the industry a little yeah. bit. Either I think the idea though behind this one was that those little fireball bottles, the mini bottles, are made to look just like the regular fireball. They're identical, bottles. so yeah. so that's why it's yeah, so uh, it's I, a little. Deceptive. I remember reading something about this earlier this week, and and also when you look at the labels, one of them says cinnamon whiskey, and one of them just says. Cinnamon. Uh, cinnamon, yeah. So uh it's it's like just leaving off one word and you might think, oh well it's obvious if you read it, but you know when you just glance at it as we all do, <laughs> you know you never make that distinction. Right. Exactly. Three Floyds Brewery is a very well respected uh, brewery. And I was excited to get this because this is not um it's not something we can usually get here in uh Texas. It says so. it's not normal. Yeah, it's gumball head, right? Gumball head American wheat pale ale it's um so for a wheat beer um it smells hoppier than i expected mm -hmm. um well three floyds, and it smells really fresh hoppy three floyds is kind of known for being a uh a very ipa forward oh. uh you know hop experimental type uh type brewery uh but this an american is... wheat ale brewed with white wheat and dry hopped with uh hand selected hops from the yakima valley Yakima Valley? Yakima Valley. Just Yakima like Valley. the bike racks, right? Mm -hmm. uh, from the Yakima Valley, bright and refreshing <clears> with <throat> a lemony finish, 5.6% uh, by volume. Do this you, is pretty darn good. Do you get a gumball flavor? Is that why it's called gumball head? No, I, I have no idea. Well, maybe it's like a lemon gumball. Like those, remember those lemon drops? Or I think there's a little of that on the finish. Uh, I also happen to think it, that it's very good. Um, i I would love to try more of the beers on the Three Floyds. Uh, I bet. Uh, like, this is good mm -hmm. in a can. Can you imagine getting this right off a tap? Right, because you mentioned that it, it has a real fresh hop taste to it, and you're absolutely yeah, right about that. Can you imagine just how, like, over the top it is? I really like this, actually. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did just from the nose. It still doesn't <clears throat> smell like it tastes. Now, yeah, you mentioned not being, uh, Bill, you mentioned not being crazy about big hoppy beers. Is this is this to your palate, or is this kind of? No, I, I like this. Yeah. I like this. It does have a, t a, t a tinge of hoppiness, mm -hmm. which surprises me for a Hefeweizen or a, a, a wheat a beer, beer, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's it, very good. It, it, it kind of manifests, more, though. It drinks more like an IPA than a wheat beer. It, it kind of manifests, though. Well, the front end of it's very much a wheat beer, but mm -hmm. then, that, then that hop kind of manifests as a bitter finish in a, in a good way. Um, I actually really kind of like it. Yeah, it's pretty good. 
mm-hmm. there's a sweetness to it that it does say I didn't it's expect not normal. as well. It's not normal. <laughs> yeah. An American wheat ale. Gumball head. I could drink that. Gumball yeah, I would kind of buy that for the packaging alone. So it does say here that the gumball head name and character, and you can see him on the beer can. I think we have some B-roll of this. We might be able to see it easier. But um, the gumball head name and character, it says, are created by Rob Sires, All Rights Reserved 2007. So this may be some kind of comic book or cartoon or other type character that I'm that we're just not familiar with. Looks looks like it be, could be like a comic strip of some sort. Yeah, you know? yeah but uh, I'm not familiar with Gumball Head. But he does look kind of angry, doesn't mm-hmm. he? He does look kind of angry. Not normal. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's uh, not normal. Not normal. Three uh, three Floyds. All right, well, that's good. That's, that's a first, I think, Three Floyds beer that I've had an opportunity to sample, and I kind of dig it. So. Oh, I like Three Floyds. You go, yeah. So, all right, um, Bill, as we move into uh, the whiskeys, then where are we headed next? Yeah, pretty simple. These are single farm. We've mm-hmm. talked about that. Right, right. The expression that we think is going to ultimately be the uh, largest seller of, um, of the brand is going, is going to be called the cuvee. Using mm. a wine term, of course, uh, yeah. cuvee meaning the... And I noticed, the, by the way, just, just from the caps oh, yeah. on the top, you've got the yellow one here, you've the got the one blue here. one on the organic, but that one almost looks like you're saying it's a rosé, right? It's got that It's got that color of, of, of pink. Yeah, I, I don't know that that was planned as much <laughs> as it is just pretty, but yeah. uh, so the cuvee... And I've been told by the folks, the distillers, not to use the word blend. Okay, so we won't. He uses the word marriage. Oh, I like I don't, it. <laughs> so it's a marriage of 24 different single farms. So there's been some beers that have been cuvées where they mm-hmm. where they marry um, some various um I think various of their in-house beers, like. Um, but if I could speak to that, I think Saint Arnold had had yes, that, yes, and, uh, and it was quite good. But oh yeah, it was it was actually one of my favorite Saint Arnolds. It was where they they married the Christmas ale and the uh, the Tall Ships IPA. What was it? The uh, the Alyssa. Uh, the Alyssa. Yeah. Oh. That was so good. That might not and have I, been a marriage. That might have been a live-in situation. Yeah, well, <laughs> but either t- way, it was pretty darn good. I'll, t- I'll tell you what. <laughs> when they stopped doing it, I tried making it myself. And it, not successfully. Not the same. It is not the same. <laughs> but uh, but no, I will I will I will agree though that if you're a master distiller, it's one thing to blend a couple of things together and go, okay, this is pretty good. It is another to really approach a larger scale. Yeah. blending if you will like this and and i guess you'd have to do it more scientifically and, and you know? create a definitely. convincing yeah, domestic definitely. partnership <laughs> you're absolutely right <laughs> now now we're just playing with the terminology but but this may be more of a polygamist whiskey if there's uh that many different uh um uh, this one smells well we could i could use different. the man with more than one wife right uh, right analogy yeah. but here in Houston, I'm not sure. By the way, you're in you're in good um, you're in good company though because uh, uh, the uh, founders is it founders polygamy porter. Yeah, that is a very very good beer, That's and the, it's it's not founders, but it's a brewer, it's a a brewery in Utah, and they're basically kind of poking fun at their own state by. Uh, yeah, in fact, apparently the Mormon Church tried to get that beer shut down. Unsuccessfully, by the way, polygamy. I'm gonna go out and buy some tomorrow. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to remember it, really who that good. Was, yeah. yeah, actually, I think it's quite good. If you like yeah, porters, yeah, especially. it really is. Um, this smells. Uh, yeah, I haven't tasted it yet. This but... smells. Uh, 
less sweet. It yeah. smells a little more uh, more minerality on the nose, maybe than yeah. the others. There's a little vanilla in this that yes. I wasn't picking up on the other ones. It has. It Agreed. does have cotton candy, caramel kind of mm -hmm. things going on. So this is what they're going to hang their hat on over the next what five, six, seven, eight years. Uh, they feel like the cuvee is going to be all it. Touchdown! It's great. It is. It is so like easy on the palate uh, that it reminds me. It doesn't taste like a bourbon. But it reminds me of how easy a bourbon is to drink. Yes. You know what I mean by yep. that? Yeah. I, I was recently at the Houston Whiskey Social back in November mm -hmm. or something. Yeah, we were there. And um, I had a, a bottle of each at the table, and the cuvee finished much yeah. earlier mm -hmm. than the Yeah, uh, we chatted other. a bit. I got your, we did. Uh, I got your uh, card and uh, right on. then passed it on to Mary. So that was, that was a lot of fun. That place was a blast. I, I could totally see, though, why this one – not that I did not – not that I didn't like these because they were delicious, but this one is just so accessible, you know. Right. It, it's it, and I I think I agree with uh, what you guys are saying. I do think that's going to be your standout seller. These are more like an adventure, a, mm -hmm. a, a trip to a different country that you've never been to. This is more like you know, okay, Sunday afternoon. Yeah, let's, visiting, let's start a fire. Visiting let's, an old friend. Exactly. Uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely like that. Um, love it. Love it. I'm for it. Yeah. This yeah. is this is probably my favorite one yet. Um, I think so. Now, I, I really enjoyed these, and somehow they seem, I, I don't know, you said more of an adventure. I, I totally agree with that. They somehow seem more organic in a way, I guess. But you can't use that word. That's used over here. I know. Okay, all right. I was going to say authentic, but I didn't want to imply that this one wasn't authentic. I wanted to uh, address the color. Mm -hmm. So... You remember the dates that I gave you? The first harvest, 15, first distillation, 16. Mm -hmm. So these have only been in barrel. And the requirement in Ireland is three years, must be in barrel. These have only been in barrel then, uh, probably put in the bottle four years later. So yeah. it doesn't have the color. There's no additive at all for color. Ultimately, this cuvee will become you know, uh, darker, if you will, and they will eventually, I think, start... Uh, dating, starting uh, the age, giving the age, age to it, those kind of things. Right. Now, now, are all of these whiskeys that are married in this? Are they all Waterford whiskeys, or were they any of them sourced externally? No, they're all made up of the. And I failed to mention the number. There's a hundred and one different farms that they do business with. Right. This is twenty four of them. Okay. That are Waterford suppliers. Now. I can't say that some of their barley doesn't go to Jameson or Bushmill or sure, wherever, sure. but it's all of these are Waterford controlled crops. Okay, so let me make sure I understand. Term. Is the is the marriage of the different barleys, or each of these distilled into a whiskey and then married or blended? I know you don't want to use the blended word, but but where does the where does the combining take place? What, what part of the process? Cruz, as I understand it, they're distilled and then they're married. Okay. And then that's they're, quite a, and then they're quite coopered, a, then they're stored. Yeah, that, that's quite a, a, a an undertaking. Oh, very so, much so. Yeah. I, I, I understand that uh, whiskeys will do this from time to time and they'll um, marry in house. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> 
Maybe we should use the word blended in some situations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just too easy to we say blended. We, don't, the... we, just, we, just <laughs> well, don't, we don't want to apply incest here, you know? That's, uh, that's what I'm getting at. No, I mean, we're having, obviously, we're having fun with that. But but I, it's my understanding that a lot of times um, when uh, companies do that to create a blend and then they, a blend they want to keep consistent, they'll they'll actually uh, marry it after the barrels. So it's an interesting thing if they were doing that before the barrels. Um because I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm not sure you're wrong. I I, I don't know. I don't know the. An, I don't know the answer. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Interesting. Well, All right. it, it, whatever. How, whatever their, uh, you know, method is. It works. It it really worked on this. I'll method. bet you if we had time to put in the terroir. Code, oh yeah, we could, I, I bet it, we could. It, yeah, so, it's there and this, I, I love, by the way, that you do that because if I buy a bottle of this, this is. What like a ninety eighty ninety dollar whiskey? You this said? is ninety two. So, yeah, yeah, right. So 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 if I spend that much on it, and I've curled up with a good book or or whatever, and I'm uh, enjoying a glass of it at the end of the day, uh, I love the thought of being able to pull out my tablet, punch, go to the website, punch that in, and read about you know just all this, this interesting whiskey, background yeah. information about this whiskey that I'm drinking right now. It is now. freaky. The the guy who owns the farm. They have their his kids' names listed there. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's awesome. really wild stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, love so. it. Well, uh, very impressive, and we'll move on to the organic in Please. our next segment. Okay. Uh, uh, but we we do have to take a break because when we come back, it's time for what has become the most popular feature on the, the most popular segment of this whole program. It's a little thing we like to call drinking news, and we'll be right back to uh, drink and share the news with you next on Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Show number 312. Ian, you brought this uh, Glencairn. Apparently, there's some kind of problem with mine. It's just... Uh, so, the, I the problem I have with or... the Glencairn glasses is the evaporative properties. Yes, yes. I don't know if it's something about the shape, but it just seems like <laughs> I mean, I, I've the been noticing that the weight on mine is off by just a couple of ounces. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our most popular segment on the program, we have no idea why, is a little thing we like to call drinking news. We like to stress that drinking news is... Uh, uh, where we feature news stories that actually have appeared somewhere. They're real. They're not from The Onion. Uh, but uh, these are stories that may or may not be about drinking, but are always best enjoyed if you've been drinking. And uh, today's uh, today's drinking news, we're going to, um, you know, be doing stuff that is about, in fact, drinking, because it's time for another Drinking Escapades on Drinking News. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Well, welcome to Drinking News, which completely unexplainably has become the most popular segment on this show. Today, we're going to feature a return of an occasional feature that has become the most popular segment on Drinking News. Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for another uh, edition of Drinking Escapage. Short stories of real things that happen to real people while 
they were drinking. There's the story of Lydia Margaret D., who confesses that while out with her friends at a martini bar celebrating her 22nd birthday, she was on the dance floor in what she describes as a cute little black dress and insanely high heels when she lost her balance and fell onto the floor. As if that weren't embarrassing enough, the long stiletto from one of her shoes got somehow caught in the thong she was wearing underneath the dress. And as a result, she says she was rolling around on the dance floor like a turtle on its back, trying to untangle her foot without giving the other dancers a free peep show. She says she uh, (laughs) finally rallied like a champ and then took a tequila shot to uh, forget her troubles. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I love a success story. I would hang with that girl. I would totally hang with She's that girl. She's very flexible. Yeah. I would, absolutely. And then there, then there was Alan Shepard, whose buddies took him out when he turned 21 and got him just completely snockered. When he got home, he felt absolutely awful, as you might expect. And he sent his buddies a text to tell them how messed up he felt. Attached to the text, he sent a photo of his unflushed toilet, into which he had just suffered a serious bout of projectile vomiting. Only instead of sending the message and picture to his friends, he accidentally sent it to his dad, a U.S. Marine, who replied with an all-caps text that I am unfortunately not allowed to share with you guys since we're being syndicated soon to broadcast radio. Trust me, you have a pretty good idea (laughs) what direction that whole thing went. (laughs) We can share the story of S.K. Tiger, who was living in Spain when he went out for a drunken night of cheap wine with his friends, and they all wound up at a park on a hill. On one side of the park was a wall, and below it a drop-down garden that S.K. Tiger thought it would be a great idea to jump into. Turns out the garden was a very specific kind. It was a rock garden filled with cacti. <laughs> so you get the idea. Uh, Have you ever gotten cactus needles stuck in? Oh, yeah. But not, there's a I've few never kinds. jumped into a rock garden, but yes. There's a few kinds. There's the long, spiky ones. Yeah, and, and then there's the suck. little ones. And then there's the little spiky ones. Yeah. And those suck. The ones that really suck yeah. are the little feathery ones that get stuck in your oh, skin that you can you never, can get, never out. get them out. Oh, days. I agree. I agree. Days. Every time you just brush mm-hmm. your skin or your shirt brushes it just the right way, you're like, ah! Uh, yep, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, then there's a story of Derek, who drunk texted a friend and said, Are you okay? I checked your location and I see you're at the hospital. I'm so inconsiderate. How are you feeling and what happened? To which his friend replied, Derek, LMAO, I work at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. Uh, Asher Napia confesses that he went out with $20 and woke up with $250, three lighters, two cell phones, and the keys to someone else's car. <laughs> Dude, now that's a night. That's a night, yeah. I don't know if I've ever had one quite that good. Uh, like that, although, guy, that guy needs to book a trip with me to yeah. Vegas. Although you, although you do start to wonder... What exactly did I do to get the 250? <laughs> the hangover. <laughs> uh, Ashley Lynn had been drinking when she got stuck in an elevator. This freaked her out, as you can imagine, and she hysterically used the emergency phone they have in the elevators to call for help. Uh, when the rescuers arrived, she was surprised to find them a little annoyed with her. Turns out, in her drunken state, she hadn't pressed any buttons to take her to a floor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <clears throat> Uh, Shelby Medic reports that he came home after the bars and couldn't get the glass jar open for a PB&J, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. So he went outside and smashed the jar on the sidewalk 
and then wound up eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich with glass in it. Oh, that's not the <laughs> not best good. idea. Not good. And finally, there's the young bride from the UK who made quite an impression at her wedding reception when she got really hammered and insisted on replacing the drummer in the wedding singer's band. <laughs> she convinced the drummer to take a break and then refused to let him come back. The larger problem, however, was that She'd never touched a drum set in her life. Oh, that makes her amazing. Wedding guests described it as being like the worst imaginable scene from Drunk Bridget Jones. <laughs> the bride was so horrified by what she'd done that she locked herself in her hotel room and refused to come out for two days, even booking an extra night at the hotel so she wouldn't have to face the departing guests <laughs> as they uh, left the morning after uh, what she referred to as the drumming crime. So uh, drink responsibly, my friends, or you could be echoing the words that Chris Morris sings in our alternate drinking news theme song where he sings, Lord, I hope I don't wind up on drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. So was your, which one was your favorite? The uh, um, I like the wedding drummer. The that's, wedding that's drummer, fun. yeah. Booking yourself in the hotel or the rock garden. Yeah, rock garden was pretty good. I kind of like the uh, the guy that went out with 20 bucks and came home with That's 250 and, and keys to someone else's car. <laughs> you got to love it. What's greatest when you have no idea, right? No idea. Then, so in my 20s, me and some friends went out one night. I mean, we ended up at the Continental Club and I think the Big Easy and uh, – <laughs> and, and probably Dan Electra's and I just remember I mean like my, my tabs that night were enormous there was four of us mm -hmm. and we just like hit bar after bar after bar and then for the next week anytime someone that I wasn't used to talking to on a regular basis called me I just went I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's, impressed that you guys tell these. Your, your, well, you know, your it's, dirty show your dirty laundry. Well, you know, it's a long time ago in a galaxy yeah, yeah, far, yeah. far that away. Was, yeah, that was in my twenties. That, that's yeah. long gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it sucks that you have to get more responsible though when you get older, because <sighs> those really were fun times. I, I remember the uh, the night it was a uh, it was a company Christmas party for a radio station that I worked at, and we were. You, we drew names and gave other people on the staff gag gifts, and you could only spend like twenty dollars or twenty five dollars or something like that. So it's really hard to get a mm -hmm. good gag gift for for like under twenty bucks. Uh, but the person who drew my name uh, got me a bottle of Mad Dog Twenty Twenty, nice. which up until that time I had actually never drank. Right? <laughs> never once. So we're at the, we're at the company party, and we're all drinking anyway. So we'd had enough regular stuff to drink. That we convinced ourselves that it might be a good idea to open up the Mad Dog 2020 and share it all around. Says no one ever sober. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the point. We were already drinking. Yeah. Had we been sober, yeah. we would have never gone yeah. there, right? You never yeah, no. All I know is I had the following day, I had the worst hangover I've ever had in my life to this day. <laughs> and I do not know whose apartment I woke up in. I have no idea. To this day, I don't know whose it was. I just remember waking up, stumbling outside, and and uh, finding at that time a payphone to call a taxi because I didn't have a cell phone back then. So, uh, it was, it was, it was I told you I started with Gallo, and you know, you're, in your minds, you might think that well, he's been selling fine wine all these forty five years, and 
Uh, no, actually, the one that paid my bills for the first three years of my life was uh, Thunderbird. Oh, yeah, <laughs> of course. It's, it's totally true. I mean, Move I mean, those bottles. Yeah, you 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 see that in a lot of things. I Plus, mean, Thunder Thunderbird had the foresight to get get with the modern age because, like, I mean, come on. Well, while corks are nice and they're traditional, but if you can't be modern enough to have a screw top, oh, I yeah. mean, well, exactly. They started it all. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> And and I was a I was a poor young DJ man. I remember existing on uh, um, Mickey's Big Mouth and and, uh, and, and that's bad <laughs> stuff. That's so bad. That's really bad stuff. Stro little little, little King Creamels yeah. were better. Yeah, and not that, much. And they were not good. Not much, but they were better. Strawberry Hill. I remember. Strawberry I remember Hill. getting excited when I moved to a new city and found a a uh, forty ounce of Little King Creamel. Because I was used to them only in the little right, tiny little one. little grenade. Yeah. This is uh, how shape. This things. is how sad and uneventful my life was at that time. <laughs> I was excited about a forty <laughs> of Little King, but I digress. Let's try something good. Let's try. We've got an organic uh, Waterford Irish single malt whiskey, and this is the one you mentioned in in your pricing. This is the one that, uh, as as great as the cuvee was, this is this one actually. Uh, retail wise is going to sell for a little more so yeah this will be over 100 what is um, what is special about this one so the really cool thing about the organic um uh waterford is well first of all it's organic of course and uh, that's legit mm -hmm. ireland has actually very strict organic laws probably yeah, you can't just we, say it you can't just say it and by the way i'm convinced um, that heb the organic grapefruits are just the same as the other grapefruits. organic yeah. is derived from a, a word in some um, in some language that means needlessly expensive. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but there are there are those you pay that, more, um, you get less. that look for it and uh, want it and mm -hmm. need it and have to True. have it. So, Honestly, it can so, be a really good thing. Uh, but it, you'll notice that it is it's called um, Gaia, and Gaia is the um, uh, druid or I was whatever. Say it's a god, uh, right? It's, it, she's the goddess of Mother yeah, Earth. She's goddess. the Mother Earth. Okay, Gaia, goddess. Goddess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's Gaia. And um, anyway, I think uh, it was her apartment I woke up in that time after the. Uh, well, I think she's got a flat a couple of blocks <laughs> down over over here in Montrose. But anyway, yeah. the, um, the 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 cool thing about it is that there are six farms, and you can imagine when Waterford wanted to do this organic um, offering. They had to go to these farmers and they had to convince them that this is what we want to do and this is why and this is what you have to do to be organic because, mm -hmm. you know, probably eight out of ten of them were not organic prior. Right. Big changeover. You know, you have to, you know, get rid of all your yeah. fertilizer, you know, use uh, all the natural stuff and do whatever is required. No pesticides, right. Yeah. So they got six guys, six farms uh, it's they're listed here: uh, John, Patty, Alan, Pat, and Dennis, Jason, and Trevor. Those are the farm owners. Uh, grew uh, organic crops, and so lo and cool. behold, uh, have created our uh, organic Gaia uh, Waterford whiskey. Exciting! I, before, and I know we're going to close pretty soon, but I wanted to mention that the the, the the fifth one that I did not bring, which is in distribution. Uh, Specs has it. I, Total has it, I believe. Uh, a couple of great uh, package stores around uh, Texas. We have a biodynamic offering also. Nice. If you think organic's weird, wait till you <laughs> well, let's understand see how weird about it is. biodynamic. I, I need a little, little bit of weight correction on my, on my <laughs> cup here. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so while while you are doing that, let me just, uh, let me just mention that this is such a cool thing, uh, being so, so terroir 
driven. It makes me wonder, though, every every year is going to it's going to kind of be like wine, isn't it? Like every year's vintage is going to be different because the terroir is going to be different at spot A next year than it was this year. Consistency is not important to us, to Waterford, other than cuvee. Obviously, the blend will then change right, as right. well, or the to, marriage. The me, marriage will adjust will change. to try to achieve the same to try uh, to, end. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Right. This has a savoriness to oh, it. Oh, it sure does. Almost like a, I don't like mean like this a, negatively, like a, but almost like a meatiness. I was going to say like a chicken broth almost. Not yeah. In a, yeah. Not in, a, not in a direct comparison way, but in a. Yeah, it doesn't smell like chicken, but uh, that's so interesting. Savory for sure. Oh, it's got a butteriness to it. It sure does. It's and like, it is also very easy to drink. Much and like vanilla the pops out on this one. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Particularly on the finish. Kind of comes in late, the vanilla. Comes in late like a champion. So, like a croissant with some apple butter on it. Is what mm-hmm. Apple butter. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I will mention that uh, all of these are uh, 50. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Um, they're 50% all at 50%. This is really good. So they're all a bit hot. It's really but good. But this does not come this one does not come across like that. This one comes across. This is a this is probably the most gentle um and probably delicate I think of them. Uh I think you made it. That's a right. good way to a lot of finesse in this one. There's Absolutely. there's just more and it's it's and that's not saying any of the other ones, but this one has a little more um it's got a lovely sweetness to it. Yeah. It's got a, and it's a right up front sweetness too. There's mm-hmm. a, almost makes me think of like a really good candy that pastry bar. thing. Mm-hmm. There's a little powdered really sugary kind of like, bar. you know, the, the the powdered sugar they put mm-hmm. on a pastry sometimes. There's a like a beignet, almost a bubble gum, uh, but not quite. I know what you're talking about. Well, that's you know, the the, the, my my favorite candy bar, Zero, the caramel nougat. Mm-hmm. What, I know what maybe you're nougat's about. more what I'm thinking too. That might be closer i don't know what a nougat is but <laughs> you know to this day it's bar. in so many candy bars i'm not sure anyone knows either i'm not sure anyone knows well i dig it i think uh, it's really I'm for good it. yeah yeah i'm 100 yeah, well, for that so uh what about distribution um outside of texas because our show is heard everywhere is this is yeah. this a whiskey that people can get another uh, U.S. states or are you the expanding account right now? It's thirty-two states. Okay, um, I'm not sure the ones we're missing, but you could you could well imagine. Sorry, Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's probably some of the control states, possibly mm-hmm. uh, uh, Wyoming, Utah, maybe. I, th- I know we're in North Carolina, but anyway, um, and I know we're up east, big time. Our largest markets are New York and Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas, number three. Uh, we we we. We're blessed with good distribution here and where we need to be. We're in the, all the big guys mm-hmm. that you can imagine. Um, and it, and growing, the, the, the U.S. sales team, uh, I have five, four counterparts covering the country. Um, we are um, managed by a gentleman, Vic Morrison, who's been in the whiskey business many, many mm-hmm. years, old McCormick guy, and he lives in uh, Denison. Uh, he's running the, the show. And uh, we have a great distributor here. We're with uh, Victory. They do a good job for us. And, yeah, so the future is uh, very bright. Well, I would just say that for those of you who think you kind of 
might know what this tastes like because you're familiar with Irish whiskey. This is a very, very different, very different uh, take. take on Irish whiskey, and mm-hmm. and and in a, in a very good way. And it's not to. Is there a thing other, other than whiskeys, obviously uh, where it's made? Uh, is there a thing that makes Irish whiskey Irish whiskey? Is there a set of rules that make so the rules that are different than any other place are hundred uh, percent barley? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, distillations can go no more than three. Uh, Waterford is only two distillations. Okay. So we are, um, we, we figure if it's not right after the first distillation, then we can try to make it a little right or the second, but there's no need for the third or fourth <laughs> or fifth or sixth. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not vodka. Otherwise you just end up with vodka. Mm-hmm. There's no peated, uh, whiskey yet. We are bringing to market a peated, uh, Waterford, but we actually put the, um, um, the must, uh, not the must. There's, I'm, I'm a wine guy again. We put the product onto a boat and goes over to Scotland, where it's actually peated, and then bring well, it back. I could, oh, I so could you're taste. Your bar, they're gonna, you're I could taste bring the barley this. over there, have it peated, and yes, and then bring it back. Bring That's it back. incredible. I could Isn't taste that this peated. I, I could, like, I, I could imagine this. With I a, thought of, I have a, a bottle of peated here, uh, not here, but I wanted to bring it. Uh, next time, uh, I'll bring it. How interesting! I love Fair it. Enough. Fair enough. And well, this I think that's fun. basically the differences. I can't think of anything else that makes this sense. is such a this is such a fun product. And Irish whiskey has been one of those things in the last few years. It's been sneaking back into the well, the, yeah, the, the it, public awareness. It has, time. in fact, become the fastest growing and segment there's been of the whiskey some staples yes. of the industry that have been out there for years, like Red Breast and uh, and. Yeah, I mean, there's some great, there's some great Irish whiskeys out the, there. The, the red and some spot aged, the, uh, aged with the green spot, the green the spot. spot. Oh, that's so good. Teelings. I mean, Teelings at, at thirty two dollars is an even, amazing thing. This, even quite frankly, Slain. Yeah, Slain is a really good, inexpensive. I'd love Irish to whiskey. see this though. This is that next level. Right. Uh, right. Oh, you're absolutely right. That, this is that. this is Irish whiskey, given the same kind of. Um, Sort of like respect and care and treatment as a Scottish single malt gets, yeah. you know, and that's that's what to me is different about this because I don't think of most Irish whiskeys, even the ones that I really really like, I don't think of them in the same way I think of a single malt Scotch, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. but these I would all of them. So when I come to see you again, mm-hmm. what I want to talk about is our new offering that'll be in the market in Texas in April or May. Okay. It's going to be the same approach, the terroir approach, in a category of uh, beverage alcohol spirits that I call the Rodney Dangerfield um, category. <laughs> rum, rum whiskey. Rum, rum. rum whiskey. Rum. Oh, rum. Um, we, I, I, so, you so need the, to know I'm a big rum fan. So we have a distillery that we've built, I say we, that Waterford has built in Grenada. It is uh, started producing uh, two years ago. The cane is identified now by farm. So the terroir so you're plant. Uh, same size. Yes. Yeah. Sugar cane ter- with a terroir focus. Love it. And uh, we'll be bringing to you Renegade here very shortly. Oh, really wow, excited awesome. about that. All right, tell you what we do. We take a break, come back with our final segment. We actually still have one more thing to taste, and that is the Shiner. Brewer's Pride barrel aged oh, yeah. Doppelbach. So uh, we'll uh, 
we'll get ready to taste this in our final segment and uh, before we say goodbye. But uh, um, yeah, didn't want to let the show go without that. That that organic was really good. That's really good. Really good. We'll be right back. Smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Nicely done, sir. Oh, oh, you got a, uh, you got an active one. <laughs> got a happy beer. Yeah, that's absolutely right. You can go with that. Yep. So um, we are, we're we're going to be tasting one last beer here once it settles down a that little. That was such a beautiful thing too because I it really was. The, I clicked the bottle cap on the table and it bounced into the empty cup. Uh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> if we were playing uh, beer pong, you'd uh, be ahead. <laughs> so, Can I dab the bottom of this on that? Yeah, on that. Uh, there you go. So while <laughs> Ian prepares so to pour this, let me tell you a little bit about it. It is uh, uh, from our friends at the Special Brewery Company in uh, in Shiner. Uh, it's Shiner Brewers Pride Barrel Aged Doppelbach, and the barrels they've it's been aging in are from Garrison Brothers, so uh, a very well respected Texas brewery, uh, Texas uh, distillery, rather. And guys, we've had on the show, so. Texas uh, Distillery is getting themselves on a map. Garrison Brothers getting pretty big. Well, and Shiner is, you know, a, a very well-recognized Texas product. I remember when I moved from Houston up into the Northeast uh, way back in the uh, late 90s, I still could find Shiner beer in some of the better stocked uh, uh, beer stores. And, well, and Shiner's stuff. one of those oh. things around here uh, that gets Shiner a little... Shiner at least, you know? Yeah, Shiner Bach gets a little naysayed. Oh, oh because, because it's... Because it's everywhere around here, and people don't realize that, you know what, you may not like it because it's everywhere and in every grocery store, because I think that's the reason. It's just there's, it's everywhere. But the truth is, it's a good beer. It really is a good beer. Get over it. I can't tell you how many times it has saved me because the beer menu at the restaurant that I'm at really is not good, but thank God they have Shiner, (laughs) you know? Thank God. So this is going to be a little different than your typical Shiner Bach. This is a Doppelbach. And it has been aged in Garrison Brothers barrels, and it is the Brewers Pride series, and it also also was a little pricey, as I recall. You hold in your hand our Brewers uh, toast to our loyal drinker. These limited edition brews mm-hmm. represent our mm-hmm. brewmaster's biggest, boldest, and most innovative beer ideas. Ginger, yes, licorice, all oh, you're kinds of flavors. It. Uh, scan too. the QR code below to learn about Texas Boring collaboration with Garrison Brothers Straight Bourbon. Aged in ex Garrison Brothers uh, barrels, export barrels. You can you can QR detect that there. there's been some port involved because oh, it has that it yeah. has that little port wine roundness to the right. uh, to the flavor. Yeah, there's a certain kind of deep sweetness that mm-hmm. when you do the port wine barrels, you get, and it happens in whiskey and it happens in beer. There's just this. It's like a dark deep kind of sweetness that this you is, get. I don't know how to you know what's it. interesting about this to me though is this is for as big as it is it is surprisingly drinkable oh what would you think of, about a cigar with this i think i would oh, think many i would good love things. a cigar yes. with this and oh, a yes. giant many cigar with this yes <laughs> yes um yeah. anything anything on the maduro up, like yeah, the bella artez the this i was say this could stand up against something pretty big cigar wise yeah too. i mean even like an lfd uh uh uh, double Lajero, those kind of things, it could stand up easily. This is at twelve percent, by the way. Anything? Yeah. <laughs> See, I told you that's a big. I beer. told you we were having big beers today. I told you this is a great day for you. Ian. <laughs> wow! I think our first Coming one was like six. Uh, the second one was like seven. Uh, and uh, now we're at twelve. So there you go. I'm for it. This is fantastic. 
It really, really. And we do say you know, this for do you the, know where the bomber came from? Was it? Do you, what store? Do you know? I, I got this one at Specs. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. Specs, are you going to get Midtown. some? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Specs, it's real good. Specs in Absolutely. Midtown. Yeah. You know, I, this is one where I think picking up two or three, it would also be one of those things where uh, maybe storing one and aging uh-huh. it for a year and totally. seeing what happens. Because to me, this is, and we talk about this a lot on the show. It almost goes back to what we discussed at the opening of the show today about. Uh, about to me all of this stuff the whiskey the cigars the the craft beer this is a, this is not about politics it's not about where we differ this is about where we connect and to me this is the perfect beer to pull out when you have a friend over and you want to share this bottle yeah. this is that kind of a beer Amen, in my in 100%. my mind. and and i don't have to agree with all your politics to have a really good time sharing this bottle with you you know I had beer on my glasses, which is which is good, by the way, because very few people agree with my politics. So uh, there's, you know, th- imagine if I could only share great beer and cigar and and spirit <laughs> memories with people who thought exactly like I do. I'd be a very lonely. How about person. we talk about? Yeah. How about we talk about music? Oh yeah, yeah, there you go. That's not divisive at all. <laughs> Come on, Ringo really was a good drummer. <laughs> Come on, I threw it out there, bat it back. <laughs> yeah, I can make some new friends with this. Yeah, right. no, no, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Get in there, man. Absolutely, that's uh, that's really good stuff. No, so the Brewers Pride, they do, a, I think, a, a fresh Brewers Pride release every year. Yeah, and uh, so this is one of their. Yeah, and I've had I've with... had a couple of. We've had uh, at least one on the we show. Have. Before. Yes, we have. Fantastic. And and I will just say this at Shiner. Being a product, because Shinerbach is so ubiquitous in Texas and something you can find almost everywhere, uh, even out of the state of Texas, which is where they're from, um, they become almost almost a mainstream craft beer, to, to put it to put it that way. Uh, mainstream just because they're so easy to find. Like, you can get it almost everywhere. So when they talk Brewer's Pride, to me, this is their brewer going, let me show you. Yeah, Schneiderbach is great. Let me show you what else I can do. Yeah, and, and here's the thing, too. Like, even my brother uh, in International Falls can go to his local liquor store. Now, right. they're not going to have it at the uh, convenience store like you right, have around right. here, but he can go to his local liquor store and find Schneiderbach. Mm-hmm. And that has been, I know, over the years, a bit of comfort to him. Well, it was a big comfort to me when I moved to Boston. Yeah, I moved from Houston to Boston back in the 90s. And the fact that I could get Shiner Bach when I wanted it. There were also all these cool beers I was exploring and, and checking out. Right. And that was where I met Harpoon IPA, which changed my life. But uh, but the fact that I could get a Shiner Bach when I wanted one by going to the right uh, beer store was a, was a comfort. I will it tell really you, was. to this day... Probably every fourth or fifth twelve pack that I buy is Shiner. It's just such a. Uh, it's it's. Just, I keep the family pack in my fridge, all the time. You the know, family pack is nice. You yeah, know, one yeah. of the reasons that I kind of keep it around, keep it on hand, because it's a beer that almost. Uh, this sounds like a bad, like soft rock station would say this, but it's the beer that everyone can agree on. Right? Everybody. Like, you can pull it out, and the people who aren't really craft beer people, they go, oh, yeah, I like Scheinerbach. And, <laughs> and then Ian comes over, who, who you know, likes barley wines and, and uh, you know, crazy stouts and porters. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll take a Shiner. You know? And so it, it is. It's the beer right. everyone can oh, agree yeah. on. Right. But <laughs> everybody might not bad, agree on this. But, the bad ooh. catchphrase. Oh, yeah. Was it uh, uh, TSU had a, uh, had a tag on their... Uh, Station years ago, this would have been like late 90s, early 2000s. I just remember listening and cringing every time. They're like, 
we're smooth, but we play real jazz. Yeah. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. Uh, I, Never put a negative in your tagline. I always, uh, yeah, I always like them when they say, the radio station that everyone at work can agree on with less talk and more soft rock. Duh. Today. Now. But right now. Like, it's like they combine like 18 slogans into one. You know, you're just like, oh, just shut up and play a song, <laughs> please. <laughs> Um, well, I, I got to tell you uh, something, uh, Bill. It has been a real pleasure having you on. These whiskeys are all very good. If you'd come on with only one of them, we'd have been Ian and I would have been like, "Oh, good show today. We had, yeah, to, had yeah. some good, uh, some good whiskey." So, right. uh, so, Mitchell, but they're they're you. all like very different and all very interesting. And yet, to think that the the difference in all of these is the soil. And the farm where the barley was raised. That beyond that, and I know one of them's a blend or marriage, but uh, but beyond that, they're essentially it's the same Your process. Your distilling that goes process into is right. the same right. process, right. no right. matter what you're putting into it. Right, and 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 then the only other variable is the barrels that you choose. So right. it is fascinating to me that you are really the first distillery that I'm aware of that has put this kind of emphasis on. The terroir, and that's, I think that's that's. I've been so told that that is our selling yeah. feature. There yeah, was sure. a cool. there was a cigar maker a few years back, and I'm blanking on his name Perdomo. right now. No, you're not talking about Lot Twenty Three Perdomos. No, there was a there was a cigar brand out a few years back, and they were. Uh, I think the guy that started the cigar brand also had a wine company, and he mm. was about the terroir and. And pairing the cigar with the wine. It was a pretty interesting thing, but I don't think it lasted. I don't think that company's around anymore. Mm. I wish I could remember the name of it right now. Uh, Wiki Brian put it in the put it in the show notes. Put it yeah. in the show notes. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have uh, we'll we'll do some digging and find that out. A couple things I want to make you aware of uh, coming up. Uh, I believe. I think this has been confirmed. I'll have to double check. Um, next week's uh, guest on the program is Abby Heim. Uh, Abby is with something called Pink Boots, and I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> no idea so what's I'm happening. So I'm very there. excited. But this uh, Mary, who does our booking, was very excited about landing uh, this booking for the show. So we'll be looking forward oh, to, fun. Okay. Uh, to figuring out what this is all about. And then the week after, uh, Ian, which will be uh, on the uh, – the show will air on the 9th of February. So it'll be the 2nd. Uh, second uh, uh, Thursday in February, uh, we got to do a pipe show before the weather gets warm. We've so got to. we've got to do a pipe show. So we're going to do a pipe show uh, the week of the uh, 9th of January. So we're looking forward to that. And then some other interesting things uh, coming up, including um, <clears throat> Tim Young and Joel Johnson will join us in March. Uh, They're with Hooten Young Whiskey and Cigars. Nice. Both. So we'll need a we'll need a place to go smoke for that show as well. So uh so we'll talk about all of that. And then of course coming up in July, show number three hundred and thirty-three of smoking and toasting. If you can imagine that. So uh, uh it'll be uh I think I'll just go ahead and say it now. That show will be brought to you by Uber. <laughs> yeah. Have a, a great week, my friends. Bill, thank That's you funny. so much for uh, bringing this great whiskey on. You guys are awesome. Very impressive. Uh, and all of it, I think, totally reasonably uh, priced, too. So um, go out, grab some of this, find it. It's good. Irish whiskey is the bomb. Thank you for uh, coming and being a part of Smoking and Toasting today. We'll see you again next and week. Smoking and Toasting is here to tell you that that elevator is not traveling sideways. You were laying down. Yes, exactly. Exactly <laughs> right. Uh, Lord, I hope I don't wind up on drinking news. Have a great week, my friends. And uh, until we meet again, 
Cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>